0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the starting a counseling practice podcast, where we take amazing stories of therapists just like you who are growing, launching or revamping their private practices, and we dig into the nitty gritty details of what that really looks like in the real world right now in real time. I'm so delighted to have Joanne Kim back again. She has been here at different points in her private practice journey, and she's going to share some really powerful updates about what private practices look like over the last several years and growth and even within the pandemic and all the success and all the other things. So I'm so excited you're here, Joanne.
1: (laughs) Good to be here. Um, so a big part of my journey has a uh, personal journey even has been through uh, boot camp ish or is me ish things because they ask a ton of questions about, like, what do you want in your life. <laughs> and uh, my life has transformed in a ton of different ways in a very short period of time the past five years. Uh, being pre licensed for a couple of years, I just passed my first renewal as a licensed therapist this past December. So um, it's kind of wild, going through all these different phases of my business, which is also a reflection of my personal life and vice versa. So
0: yeah, and the the, the fact that you share with with this amazing community and audience is like, Uh, wonderful and we appreciate that do you want to share with people where you're located and your website and your niche
1: yeah so uh, my practice's name is all of me counseling uh, because I love play on words Um, I am located in the heart of the Silicon Valley in the San Jose Cupertino area Um, so you know tech world and all that lots of uh, young adult professionals and young families etc uh, I, I love working with people with big emotions and uh, oftentimes those show up in their relationship dynamics. So most of the people that I work with have strong experiences of anxiety, guilt, and shame, and what I call an allergic reaction to anger. <laughs> <laughs> So that often leads to relationships that can be lopsided, a lot of healers, a lot of um, empaths and creatives who Mm. have big hearts and big passions, but oftentimes they don't see their own value and they often forget about themselves.
0: Mm.
1: I just realized last week and I was doing a little journal entry that I'm like, basically like my niche client is myself.
0: that you are not alone you are absolutely not alone like there is this um this running joke of that like your your client is where you were two years ago Mm -hmm. or three years ago that you're just above and as you move forward and you do your own self-growth that then suddenly your niche will change yeah (laughs) you'll be interested in your yeah or it'll expand or shift or what have you and there is this fun little thing that kelly and i get to do as coaches um, I don't think we ever talk about publicly but you will love this but we will be listening to someone talk and we're really like hearing their personal story and getting to know them and then we will say you know I wonder if your niche is this and they go oh my god how did you know and, <laughs> and, and we're going like I just thought about what you've been describing in your personal life translated that to what that looks like clinically mm-hmm. and <laughs> is that we will ask these probing questions sometimes like from our skill level as you know therapists yeah (laughs) that we listen um into those places and so it's always this kind of fun they're like wow it's like you're psychic yeah and
1: I think in our field there's this um there's this way of seeing counter transference that's usually towards the negative it's like don't bring your stuff into the therapy room Like make sure you're like a blank slate. Like it's really all about them and none of like that kind of stuff. And I kind of understand like the intentions behind it. Like we shouldn't really process our own personal stuff primarily through our uh, our clients' own sessions. But there's a lot of powerful, like exciting things that can happen when we show up (laughs) as we are. Um, Yes. Show up. Yeah. Like, I mean, last year there was um, obviously a bunch of events that brought big, big topics uh, at the forefront of people's attentions—things like race, class, gender, you know, politics, etc. And I've been trained to um, work according to the book uh, in my practice. I've been trained to, you know, be very like well like prepared and manicured and things like that. And I found out along the way that that was actually scaring some of my clients, especially the people that I loved working with because they already have a lot of anxiety and this need to like put on a mask. And so it already takes them a lot of work for them to realize that they matter enough for them to know that they have needs and that their needs matter so that they can like think about reaching out to a therapist and then look like it takes a lot of processes for people mm-hmm. that I love work with to go like eventually end up in my office. Mm-hmm. And then if they then see me being very like uh, flat affect and mm-hmm. like not responsive, that's like a major trigger for them. And yeah. so.
0: Well, cause there, there's two parts, like one, we're not actually like modeling for the client, like, what does it look like to have healthy boundaries and have emotions and, and explore them in a way that, that isn't overwhelming? Like, what does that really look like? And then the second part is this place of just like, then they're filling in the gaps about what they, what you feel. Right? Because these are empathic people, they 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 know you must have a feeling about what is happening in the world. And the fact that you won't tell them, then they're going to create their own script. Yep. And then they're going to be managing that and then they're going to feel bad that they're creating this old their own script, like it just blossoms from there versus saying like, No, this is like, really terrible. Yeah, I'm really I like, this is scary.
1: Yeah. So that's, uh, informed the way that I do marketing (laughs) and the way that I run my practice. Um, I've had a good number of clients who like, they saw all these therapists on like psychology today or whatever. And then eventually on Google, they'll find my website and a good number of them said, you know, I looked through a lot of websites but the reason why I reached out to yours is because you're the only person who had a picture of yourself without any makeup on. (laughs) And I'm like, that's great. (laughs) That cost me me nothing. And it was super easy. And then like, I swear on my website or like I show them my tattoo and like, I show them like image of me playing guitar, which has nothing to do with therapy. Mm -hmm. But like, for some reason like the approachability is like the winning piece for my clients i'm not sure about what it might be for other demographics but it works for me
0: i will say that one of the 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 turning point for me initially in private practice was when i went from the headshot mm-hmm. with the with the blazer the real estate agent the, oh it was so bad it was like yeah. blurred into whatever and like they had shadowed my face so it was the whole thing it was at like a glamour shots at the Mm -hmm. mall yeah oh I'm just mortified it's still on the internet by the way feel free to have a good giggle (laughs) and um so I went and did this headshot session which I was like do I really need to I don't know but like I really hate that picture and she was taking pictures of me like the professional Mm -hmm. ones she took me out by the river which was great for me of like just I need something outdoors. So I'm not like freaked yeah. out. Yeah. And we were talking and she caught this picture of me, like wide open mouth laughing, like just like, huh? you know, whatever. But like, she was like, I love this picture. I was like, I do too. And I so think I've
1: seen that picture. You've like showed it in a couple of different, uh, boot camp yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I had my like professional picture at the top. Okay. And then at the bottom it was, Hey, you know, yeah, we're going to do some rough stuff, but like, we'll laugh too. Mm-hmm. And just had that. And the amount of clients like a, my phone calls went up like almost immediately overnight in a mm-hmm. way that kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable because I just <laughs> didn't understand. But the amount of clients that commented on that profesh- unprofessional, which I got told by many therapists, mm-hmm. that was an unprofessional photo and I shouldn't have on my website. But and cl- they are probably not your ideal clients. <laughs> no, they were not. Or my ideal referral sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah,
1: so just like um, showing, up, showing up on my virtual office like that. I mean, nowadays, like everyone's like online. Um, but like, this is how I look. And like, I think a couple of weeks ago, I had a new intake call and the client basically said, you sound exactly like how you do on your website. I'm like, I'm glad (laughs) that there were no surprises. Like, yeah, like this is how I talk and this is how I sound. And this is what my office looks like. And we'll see a lot of animals and plants and stuff. Like
0: this is that, I mean, that is, that is the first introduction you're getting to somebody. Mm -hmm. And the idea that like, and so many therapists try and it's, I mean, it's fine to like up level a little bit, but like when you have therapists where it's like your headshot is 10 years old like you don't look anything like that picture i can't mm-hmm. i couldn't pick you out of a lineup based on how doctored that photo is or mm-hmm. wow this is like a paper that was written in grad school and like that's not how you speak to your client well in regards to this if you have the symptoms of blah, 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 blah then like we would be able to possibly do this thing and it's like is that really? They, they all sound the
1: same. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes
1: glaze over. Um, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So how is your practice doing today? Like, what does, what does your caseload look like? How has yeah. the pandemic impacted everything?
1: Um, so interestingly, I felt like in the pandemic, I got this huge wave to ride like there's this big thing that's coming at me and I'm like, I've never done telehealth before. Like I've done telehealth as a client, but not as a therapist. And I mean, in a way, like my, so my County was one of the first counties in the country to sh- go into lockdown mode. <laughs> so it yeah. kind of simplified the decision-making process. And people were like, ah, it's like, should I do telehealth? Maybe with some class. And then, you know, once the school shut down, then I was like, all right, well, this is going to be a thing. So I just announced to all my clients that we're going online. Not everyone came along. That was fine. We thought it was going to be like a couple months. It wasn't a couple months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I reached out to them later and then they had moved on. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, making the quick adjustments was easier because it wasn't too different from what I was already doing in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already gotten like my niche down and my website up and my website to look and sound like me and um, had a pretty streamlined like onboarding process. I delegated that out to my assistant so I have an assistant who is my intake coordinator and that's cool. been fantastic and scary because I'm like, oh yeah. Will this work? I don't know. <laughs> uh it's been working fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. um, and the more I saw that things were working, the more energy I got back, as well with time and money, and then I redirect that and kind of was this uh engine that was becoming more and more uh, streamlined. So I actually had a lot of time left over, mm-hmm. even though I saw like a full load of clients. So my current um number of clients is like 20 to 23 clients a week of clients. I love working with. Um, and that's been getting better and better as time went on because my message has gotten clear and clear. Um, and
0: uh, and I've, you're a fully private pay. You don't do fully any private pay. Insurance.
1: Yeah. No, I don't like working with third party anything. <laughs> 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 I, um, I'm too much of a rebel. So um, yeah, and uh, so now that I had a, a lot of time that I won back because I'd already spent a lot of it building the infrastructure, I realized that as I was getting more and more client calls, right now I have a wait list like I can't I can't see everybody. And so mm. because I kept getting more and more hits on my website, I was like, okay, the best way for me to serve, as many people as possible with like quality care is for me to really tighten up my clinical work. Mm -hmm. So uh, I um, specialize in working with a lot of healers and feelers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, but using the Enneagram and brain spotting. And these two modalities, uh, like Mm -hmm. it shrank the number of sessions my clients needed to like from the very beginning when they reached out, actually even before because they read things they resonated with the things I wrote on my website. So they probably already got some processing done. Then they come in into session. They are ready to do the work. They come in, they do the work, they get what they need. And then they go on and they like tell all their friends about it. So <laughs> and then that kind of came back to me getting more and more referrals. And so I, I definitely could not keep up with things. So I decided, all right, I need to really tighten how I do my clinical work, which is a win for the clients. Yes um, they move on. It creates more open space for these new people who are coming in. And it's kind of like this ongoingly, uh, increasing, um, system, uh, Mm -hmm. with the extra time left over, because I don't want to see more than 25 clients. That's like, I I can't. (laughs) Um, and I knew from the very beginning that I wasn't going to do only, I wasn't only going to see clients. Like I got too much of this, like creative bent in me. Like I need to have an outlet. So, That went into doing a lot of writing. So a ton of blogs, literally taking conversations I have with clients, you know, less the uh, identifiable information, but these are conversations I have like 10 times a week at least. Right. Put that in blog form, someone out there is probably going to resonate with that. And then that would lead to more, um, more reinforcement of this whole system. So at the current moment, I am working on and building an e-course with an idea that's been like rattling in my brain for three years and it's annoying. <laughs> so I want it out of me. Um, so I've shifted from uh, the phase, my first couple years of building the infrastructure of identifying my niche, building my website, like a lot of, uh, a lot of learning <laughs> networking and things like that. And then the second couple of years was like me really jiving and rolling Mm. with everything. And that was during the pandemic. Yeah. And like tightening
0: up, you talked about tightening up the processes and like, and I, and I, I want to like mention that because you talked about it, but I just want to like, if anybody missed that, like that it is better for the clients. Mm -hmm. It's easier for the clients. You're more productive. You love what you do more. You're doing what you do in your brilliance. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, it, it just up. all flows. Like it's yeah. such a powerful thing to not be playing phone tag or email tag and trying to download software and do all these things just to yeah. have it go.
1: Yeah. So, and I also, it was easier to increase my fee because I had clients terminate and then I have new clients. So I don't have to have like, oh, I'm going to raise my fee conversation. Um, Cause they got what they came for. And then Some people kind of balk at that higher fee and then I explain on my homepage, you know what, (laughs) generally like people who are great fits with me, on average, they get to where they need to be in 30, 40 sessions. Mm -hmm. So you take my full fee, you multiply that, it comes to this amount. This is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars less than someone who'd be going with some therapists are not quite sure about and then spending years so mm-hmm. that's usually one of the common turning points for people to you know uh, reach out because even though it's higher fee per session they're getting what they came for and not only are they saving money in the long run but they're also saving time Mm -hmm. not, you know, wandering the desert. They're saving heartaches because they were causing a lot of new drama from their reactive patterns. Mm -hmm. And so that was easier to see having done a lot of um, the outcomes conversation with clients, like what was helpful for you? And then kind of that goes, that feeds back into the
0: those outcomes system. conversations. We're getting ready to do the marketing masterclass. Yeah, today. yeah. <laughs> we'll talking about these outcomes conversation, and people constantly, like, will say, "Like, are you sure this is like a marketing t- like thing?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah. This is like so a marketing thing." I pinky promise, like, in every way, we'll talk about it in length and give people scripts and all of that. But like, it is all about the client. And like, if you take that information and you understand what to do with it to improve clinically, you get more referrals and -hmm. then you take that information to also tweak your marketing. So people feel engaged. Now, I, there was something that I know because when we were talking before, um, that a lot of people have said, that they have struggled to create connection with new people that like mm-hmm. their continuing clients doing telehealth. It's been fine, but there have been a lot of people that have struggled with like the engaging and maintaining of mm-hmm. a new client during the pandemic. And that has not been the case for you. What are some of the things that you've noticed have that you feel like have been most impactful that help you to bond and connect with that new person that you've never met in person and will never meet in person, probably.
1: So people that don't become my clients or are like new to the process,
0: the people that do become your clients where they start working with you, but you've never met with them in person. Right. Like that, that difference of there's a, I'm, I hear a lot of people saying, Oh, my retention isn't what it was when I Mm -hmm. was in person. I can't wait to get in person because for me, telehealth, I'm not bonding with the person What was that look like? What do you think has allowed you to be successful? Because obviously, you know, 30 to 40 sessions, you've off not offloaded, you have completed therapy yeah, yeah. with a lot of people during this time, mm-hmm. and you're still like completely full with the waitlist. So what is that?
1: Well, I do think that a lot of it does depend on the client population. So my population happens to be a lot of young professionals or um, young parents. Mm. And uh, these are people specifically who've done some work before. And um, I don't work with people who are uh, in high uh, levels of, uh, they need higher levels of care or they're in crisis. Uh, because there are uh, it well I mean the main the main reason is because that doesn't align with my modality yeah Um, like Enneagram work is using a personality framework you need a little bit of self-insight to then use the tool (laughs) but we're talking about like how someone can you know leave their uh, violent partner like that's not going to be useful so um, I in terms of engagement I think what's helped is me recognizing I can't help everybody, but I will help the people I can who will then get healthier and then help the people that they're connected to. So I'm looking at it from like a, a bird's eye vantage point. Like I can have the most impact and influence by connecting with very specific individuals. So a lot of pastors or therapists or teachers, like people, I mean, I work with healers, (laughs) you know, and so connecting with those individuals who tend to be on the front lines, who then kind of serve the population that they do. That is my way of being strategic in terms of, um, serving as many people as possible. In terms of retention, like these people who are like in the in the front line, they are desperate. <laughs> and me speaking in layperson language, no jargon, being like, hey, like I just explicitly say the things out, out loud on my website that they think internally, but they're like too scared to say it. So things like, you're just so fed up with this one person coming back to you over and over again and like you want them to go away but you know that they need care and you just like opt to keep your mouth shut
0: yeah put that on my website and that's what they (laughs) resonate
1: with and so uh, in terms of connecting with people by the time people reach out to me Mm -hmm. I've already connected with them it's just I don't know about them. <laughs> They're like they've already connected with
0: me. Now I have to connect with them.
1: But in a sense, I've already connected with them. Yeah. Because these are my people. Yeah. And so I just it's, don't connect with a particular individual human being.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It's it really is like great marketing is a clinical intervention. Mm-hmm right? It lets people know that they are not alone, that there are other people that feel the way that they do, that there is hope that they can make a shift. And it gives them that, you know, it's that motivational interviewing thing of it takes people from the like, okay, well, maybe pre contemplation, contemplation, and like moves them into action Mm -hmm. to actually make that call and schedule. Like it's magic, you know? Yeah. Tell me about what it's been like to, to balance. It sounds like you're doing a great job in terms of balancing the keeping the practice going and doing that work while also working on this other income stream Mm -hmm. thing of the future. How have you kept that balance going? What are some of the things that you've noticed?
1: I wouldn't say I have balanced just quite yet because I have eyes of bigger than my stomach <laughs> and I <laughs> uh, start spinning too many plates all at once and then find out afterwards like oh yeah I probably should have simpl- simplified it down um if I'm being frank <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? uh, it's a it's a huge it's a whole different animal in terms of the past passive income realm like it's super fun I love it um and there's a lot of it, really important things to learn so even like the legal aspects like it's really meant to serve me and my and my customers and my clients and so mm. like knowing that it is important helps me to like do the grinding work um and I do think that because it's a very distinct realm that the first time is probably going to be the hardest yeah. but that's the same with like me starting my counseling business and so um, I think I I right now it's like the <laughs> drinking out of a fire hose, and I'm not really sure which way is which, but I've found some people that are like my go-to um information gurus. Um, and so doing things like boot camp or doing tap is a big part of it. I have some coaches who are helping me. Um, I follow some people that I know that our wavelengths are kind of similar and Mm -hmm. that they're also like, you know, um, happy to pass on information to, you know, um, just pass it along. And Mm -hmm. so knowing that there have been other people who've gone before me is encouraging for me in that I will probably have moments where I'm like, what did I sign up for? But that's also kind of normal Uh, To a certain extent. And um, I have other people who, some of them are therapists and some of them are not. They're in my corner to yell at me if I go too far. (laughs) But I know that they're doing it out of genuine care for me because I have certain blind spots. Um, When I get tired, I work harder.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly and I too. We're the, it's the weirdest thing we people are like, "How can that be?" That when you're overworked, you get into overworking. I'm like, it's literally like I can't shut it off, and it yeah. just goes. So
1: that's that's my autopilot, and so I know that that's my autopilot. It Also corresponds with my enneagram type, and so I have other people who are on the same page in terms of values and vision, um, and they really care about me. So when I'm in those moments of shifting into that autopilot gear, they're able to pull me out. And so I think all in all, what's helped me maintain balance is that I'm not the one who's trying to take care of everything. I am practicing, uh, bringing other people in into my corner and practicing relying on them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and we talked about this a little bit at the very beginning, you like rushed on it that our business our business building process is like our business growth journey is a personal development journey. Mm -hmm. Like every new place that you get in your business is going to bring up your stuff and bring Mm -hmm. it to the surface so that you can like work it through. Mm -hmm. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. And if you have a particular personal issue personal development space where you're like I want to put that in the corner and I'm going to believe that that's never going to impact my business and I can <laughs> grow without it yeah. you're probably going to be sorely disappointed at some point it is going to come to the surface and it's, it's only going a to matter be of time limiter. yeah yeah it's only a matter of
1: time and it's like a, the, no I should have probably t- kept a list of all the things that I like had to work through um the one recent thing being uh me feeling terrified of Really putting myself out there. It's easier to drag my feet on something or to even start a project, but then kind of like procrastinate because if I never complete it, then I never have to deal with the fear of like what's on the other side. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a lot of those kinds of things. Um, but then I've also learned so many things about myself that I never would have imagined possible. So, one of those uh, areas being in finance, um, this month we my my spouse and i will have saved up enough money to fully pay off both of our student loans just from the past 11 months since COVID started and uh we this has been our ball and chain the entirety of our relationship and now we're like what do we do next and it's kind of been like blowing up our minds and i watched a webinar yesterday about uh, you know, first time homeowners, we would have never thought that we would be close to being eligible to consider e- <laughs> having a place to ourselves. I live with my in laws, and so it's like I, I think that's also bringing up a lot of uh baggage and a lot of money messages or um cultural messages because I'm second generation Korean American immigrant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: firstborn. My parents didn't know crap about finances and they were never talked about it. So a lot of this is like, I'm trying to figure out all these things for myself while also helping my parents. And so there's like a lot of stuff that kind of came up within uh, A lot of anxiety <laughs> and uh, the corresponding coping mechanisms that kicked in real hard. That's part of the reason why I go into full force when I get tired. It's like this panic. Um, I've learned to kind of mellow it out. And Um, to register that I have a habit of skipping over things that I do well. Mm. So even though technically other people can see me as being capable, I don't think that I'm capable because even when good things happen, they just go into this black hole. I don't know where it goes. (laughs) Right. And so things like the outcomes conversation is like, well, I can't argue with data. (laughs) And I'm looking at my dashboard with all my numbers from each month in my practice. I'm like, I can't, I measured it the exact same way. I can't argue with the data. So either this is, these numbers are lying to me, or I might have some head trash to sort through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so fascinating that place of, um, you know, obviously a boot camp. We have people do their dashboard, yeah. like put their numbers, figure it out. And people are like, can I skip it? We're like, you totally can. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you don't want to skip it. Maybe it is important to, to see where your brilliance is, whether that is you do short term, medium term, mm-hmm. or your long term, like can you really clarify for your clients? Like I've had clients where like they just want to, like, they're like, no, like therapy. Like, it's a forever thing for me. Like, it's something. And honestly, like, after a couple of years, I'm kind of done. Like, if I don't have something to glom onto of, like, here's what we're working towards and making progress towards. I'm kind of, like, you know, struggling to stay checked in. I'm not a great forever long-term 17 years therapist like that's Mm -hmm. just not me and people need to know that right like all those pieces Mm -hmm. I think the other thing I want to come back to um that we kind of gloss over just a little bit is you created time and the foundation for your business and like your income Mm -hmm. so that as you shifted your attention into this passive income which is not Mm -hmm. very passive right it's not passive I don't know why people (laughs) call it that Right? i would say it's asynchronous income <laughs>
1: there you go. asynchronous and scalable income but not passive <laughs>
0: not pass- yeah that's what people are like boot camp is passive boot camp is not passive income at all like this is our whole life <laughs> this yeah. is our thing yeah. but um that 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 place of having your business so that when you do take your focus off things are still moving in the mm-hmm. right direction and so that you know oh here would be the signs that I would need to put my attention back, right? Mm-hmm. If suddenly I was looking at my stats and wow, I'm not getting phone calls in and my website traffic has gone down and Ooh, something is happening. I might pause what I'm doing in this asynchronous income and go and give a little love and attention to my business. Cause it's a relationship and mm-hmm. say, Oh, something something shifted. Let me, let me assess and figure out where to do it. And then once things are moving, then mm-hmm. I can, put my focus back over here. I think too many people go for passive or asynchronous or multiple streams of income because they're burnt out, overwhelmed. And again, they're in this panic Mm -hmm. overwork kind of space. And they're looking for this another stream of income to like save them from their messy business. And the Mm -hmm. best thing you can do to save you from your messy business is attend to your messy business and get it not to be messy. Like that is what's going to save you. Make sure that you're charging the right amount, that you have Mm -hmm. a marketing um, process that really works, that you're attracting the right people, that you're really getting good clinical outcomes and, and setting a clinical um, standard Mm -hmm. of like, here's what really works. The amount of therapists I'm soapboxing, but just for a second, (laughs) The amount of therapists that are, that will admit that like, oh no, I don't get good outcomes when somebody comes to me once or twice a month, but like, that's all they can afford. I'm mm-hmm. like, then refer them out. Like if that's not how you work and get excellent outcomes, mm-hmm. stop doing it. Like stop doing it. Cause your client doesn't know what they don't know. They don't mm-hmm. know how to get good outcomes from therapy. They just yeah. assume that you're giving them good treatment. And like budget or not, if they say, oh, well, I could just do this. You say, oh, then let me refer you out to someone that it works.
1: I mean, and also in addition to that, like the referrals might not be to, to another therapist. Mm-hmm. It might be to, you know, a career coach or, yes. you know, <laughs> like a acupuncturist
0: or. Yes, so, a naturopath. I, I yeah. actually, and I was always very like, careful about this because there's a lot of judgment, Mm -hmm. but I had an energy healer that I would send certain people to if they Mm -hmm. were like in this depressed mode and it would be, and I would always very careful in the way that I'd make this particular recommendation, but it was, Hey, and it was like a magical thing of, wow, what they could do in an hour session that I could not do Mm -hmm. for this person's energy say what you will, but like, here's the deal. This person <laughs> would feel better now. And this person mm-hmm. could get them to feel better now. And then I could even do therapy work with them, mm-hmm. you know, because they couldn't attend otherwise. So,
1: yeah. So part of, part of being able to really, um, clarify who I am is also like clarifying who I'm not. <laughs> it's like, I can't help anybody (laughs) like I just got fired like a couple weeks ago by a client that I definitely should have screened for more carefully um and this this client was a great fit on paper Mm -hmm. if they had been further along in their like stages of change like their readiness then we would have been a fantastic fit but we weren't and so it's like well okay my marketing wasn't wrong Per mm-hmm. se, but it could be more clarified because I don't want to do this. I don't want to do XYZ. And mm-hmm. so then I would, you know, put that on my website. Um there's disclaimers up front, being like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be a good fit for these people. Yes. Yeah. Heads up. Like, no, no, no. You're looking not for this.
0: It's not me. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. So if you were going to give, I'm gonna ask a specific question. If there was a therapist who was full and they were starting to consider another stream of income, um, even you haven't even finished yours yet, but even Mm -hmm. right now, as much Mm -hmm. work as you put into it, what would be your top piece of advice for that person who wants to integrate a stream of income um, now that they have a full practice and a waiting list? What would be your first piece of advice to them?
1: Hire a content writer and then start recording common topics that come up in session and then delegate that to the content writer.
0: Oh, I love it. And then like, they'll write it into your website. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can, so that, that, am my understanding that's for your blogging. So basically mm-hmm. hire someone to write your blog so that you can do a little something and keep your marketing going Mm -hmm. while you're doing this other thing. So in other words, let's automate and streamline your marketing Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to sit processing for hours, especially who you are as a writer, Joanne. Like you were so meticulous. Uh-huh. um and <laughs> like i can imagine every blog if you're writing it would just take you hours
1: yeah and so that's a limitation i have and so to skip that i would still generate the content but i would delegate some of the practical aspects of writing like there's the writing there's formatting there's the headers there's the seo there's like finding images to go along with it co- There's so many different steps to even like a single blog post um, that I delegated that. And that was like one of the best decisions I've made (laughs) this, this, this year. Um, So, I mean, on the surface, it seems like I'm doing a lot, but I'm not actually doing that much more.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just the, I mean, the, the bulk of what I'm doing is like in between sessions, like 10 minutes, maybe I have this like topic that came up in session that I might have brought up with some other clients a couple more times. I like pop open Marco Polo, I record it to my content writer saying, Hey, can you like, this is the topic. Can you clean it up? She does it. I just go back and re-edit it to my own wording. And that's been phenomenal. And that's been great because that blog is not just a marketing thing, but these are resources that people who I can't see (laughs) can utilize and they can still receive the kind of, care in the conversations that we probably have if they were my clients but yeah because of you know practical reasons we can't uh, not bound by location not bound by time they can look at at three in the morning it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. it is not an extra cost to me it's scalable and eventually i may take some of those blogs and then turn it into an ebook or something
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I and I love that you're always back to that. What is what is good for me, but what is good for the client? How mm -hmm. can I help my community? How can I help the world? How can I have this bigger impact? And it's just magic when all that stuff comes together. It's,
1: It's not just what's good for the client. It's good for the client, and it's been proven. Yes. Cause I literally talk about these things in session naturally <laughs> and they seem to resonate. So it's like outcomes conversation, but I'm getting real-time feedback. And as soon as I have a magical moment in session, I'm like, I'm recording.
0: Yes. Before, I forget. Remembering, <laughs> before you forget. And I think for you too, when you were mentioning before that, like, oh, I sometimes um, skip over. I forget mm-hmm. about my magic. I forget about my successes. Here's this way too, for you to have even something you can look back on. Yeah. Um, and go, oh, yeah, I did do that. And wow, they're all really strategies and things that I have done. I can't oh. argue with data. <laughs> I cannot argue with data. I love it. I love it. I just want to thank you again for coming and joining us today. If you guys are listening, go check out Joanne Kim's website. It is absolutely inspiring. And hopefully, and I, and I just want to like clarify, it should be inspiring to find your voice, mm-hmm. right? do not be intimidated by it. Do not like think, well, I would never sound like that. Good. You're going to sound like you. That is the point. So all of me, like Olive, like the, Mm -hmm. um, thing that I love to eat black and green, Olive, (laughs) Olive counseling.com. And if you, um, are listening and you want to start diving into some of these things, we have our free marketing masterclass um, that is happening maybe now. I don't know when this is going to get um, <laughs> published exactly. Uh, go and check it out. Go to zinnyme.com forward slash free, and you'll be able to join us for the marketing masterclass, get your script for outcomes conversations, and learn how to turn that into a marketing message and plan that really works for you, COVID, pandemic or not. Um, join us and be a part of this like awesome community that's totally free. And there's even CEUs. So that's like pretty cool. So check that out again, zinnyme.com forward slash free and uh, come next time. Subscribe, rate us, let us know if this was helpful. Come um, hang. Come (laughs) hang, come be with us. You know, we've got like 10,000 therapists hanging together in our, in our free community. Like come be a part of these kinds of conversations that are happening on a daily basis. Like be, be a part of it. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like you don't. Until next time.